When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Get them up. Get them going. It's Monday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. And what a weekend it was. A roller coaster. Thrill a minute, white knuckle win for the Longhorns. What a uh, what a ride that was. We'll certainly talk about it. The good, the bad, and the ugly as the Longhorns proved to eight and one by the skin of their uh, hair, of their shinny chin chin. They say uh, we'll certainly talk about another survive and advance win for the Longhorns. It had uh, a game dripping with drama. Same thing yesterday in Philadelphia. Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, Eagles did everything they could do to self-destruct, and the Cowboys. Well, nobody out self-destructs the Cowboys. So uh, we'll recap a performance for the ages down in Houston for the Texans' young quarterback uh, who's playing like a 10-year pro and a Hall of Famer at this point. Uh, we'll dive into all of that. The good, the bad, and the ugly from a tremendous Saturday of college football that was wall-to-wall with drama. A Sunday that uh, was about its equal, and we'll certainly recap all of it with you on this Monday morning. Five hours in our five-hour morning sports conversation begins right now. We appreciate you being there and finding us however you do. Could be on 1019 on the FM dial, one uh, AM 1260, of course. Also find us digital on the Horn app, on your smart speaker, and always uh, Mr. Uh, Babers at hornfm.com. We are live on our Twitch channels and YouTube. We think they're up and running. I think I have the system working here. Actually, I need to push this button right here, Rod. There you go. No, I didn't Boom. push that button. There you go. So I had to push that Pushing button. the button is usually, that's where it starts. Okay, you got to push the button. But look, push that damn button. Uh, let me do that, and I'm also going to introduce you. He is our shutdown corner, five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up from the 713 and DB. High down there in the 713 from DBU right here in the 512. Four stops in the NFL. Now 16 years doing great radio here in the ATX. He also is a proud papa, the football theorist. He is Black Stradamus and a happy Longhorn because they won that ball game on Saturday. Hello, Rod Babers. Uh, appreciate the hospitality once again at the home studio. And thank you for the intro, brother. Yes, a uh, lot to talk about. We don't have a lot of time to waste, so I won't waste any of the. Uh, let's start with our salute always to those who serve. Uh, shout out to those who are. Uh, uh, consider it also an honor, but also a burden to serve our society built on the selflessness of service. So each and every morning, uh, it is our honor to uh, pay homage to those who do God's work, whether it be uh, for country, community, or for God. Uh, we appreciate all of you, the first responders, the soldiers, the officers of the law, the teachers, the nurses, uh, each and every one of you. Uh, we appreciate you uh, doing uh, all the work that, uh, you know what, we're, all of us uh, really don't have the, uh, the fortitude and the courage to do. So we appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, Those who serve every single day. And we will try to serve you for about five hours with good conversation. Hope you can stick with us. There's a lot to recap. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming out of the Longhorn victory. Uh, It was, you know... A roller coaster would be a, be a, a kind word the way that game went. Hey. Similar at some level to the Houston game with the uh, 
uh, out to the roaring start, but then uh, a big special teams blunder right before the end of the half that led to momentum. It's but, interesting. You don't, want, you don't want it to be boring. No, you don't want it to be boring. They certainly are not. They're not a boring They're team. made for TV. They're made They're for reality boring. TV. These on, it's, like, it's, like, it's like The Bachelor or something. They're like you gotta, TNT. They love the drama. Got to create the drama. They love the drama. So, But uh, sometimes a little too much drama, but that's okay. As long as you get the dub right now, especially with a backup quarterback, you said it in the opening, survive in advance. That's the mindset right now for Texas because if they do that, then they have more control over their fate. Not all control over their fate, but they control most of it. Well, you still can win the Big 12 title. Uh, that's the first goal, and everything else will fall into place. Yep, and they, 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 you know, the resiliency of this team, they find ways to win. Uh, the defense, we'll get into all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But at the end of the day, the Longhorns are sitting at 8-1, and one, sitting atop the Big 12 Conference in a tie with Oklahoma State, and uh, they control their destiny the next three weeks. We will dive into all that. Let's get to the headlines, though. Trending topics. It's a busy Monday, obviously. Let's get you caught up. Make sure you're fully aware as you're up and out to start your work week. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonequin bring you the news, and we'll start with Texas football. Yeah, coming out of th- Saturday's thrilling 33-30 win in overtime over the K-State Wildcats. Longhorns 8-1. They're in at number 7 in this week's AP Top 25. As a matter of fact, there were no changes among the top 9 teams week by week in the AP Top 25. Only move came with Ole Miss jumping into the number 10 spot after their win over Texas A&M on Saturday. With three weeks remaining in the regular season, Texas and Oklahoma State are tied atop the Big 12 Conference. Both are 5-1. Mike Gundy's Cowboys ranked 15th after defeating now 17th-ranked Oklahoma in that great bed game Saturday afternoon. Kansas checks in at number 19. Jayhawks will beat Iowa State on Saturday night. Uh, Rod and I, of course, will recap the roller coaster win throughout the morning here on Hook'em Up. Also this morning, we'll hear from Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. His team now turns his attention to TCU this Saturday night in Fort Worth. He'll have his weekly media availability, get the latest on Quinn Ewers and the injury situation for the Longhorns. Game, by the way, with TCU this Saturday announced as a 6.30 kickoff. Longhorns have been installed as early as an early 9.5 point favorite in that game. Also news from college football, USC has fired defensive coordinator Alex Grinch after the Trojans' latest loss. This one to Washington, 54-42 on Saturday night. His defenses have allowed over 44 points per game over the last six contests for USC. He is out. Uh, also, eat him up down in San Marcos. Texas State Bobcats are bowl eligible for the first time since 2014 after their big win over Georgia Southern on Saturday. G.J. Kinney's Bobcats now 6-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in Sunbelt Conference play. They'll be at Coastal Carolina this week. NFL, a Sunday filled with heavyweight matchups, including the Cowboys in Philadelphia and the division leading Eagles held on for a 28-23 win in the game's closing minutes. Dak Prescott moved the Cowboys down the field thanks in large measure to several Philadelphia penalties and the Cowboys had first and goal at the six-yard line, a chance to steal the win, but two Dallas penalties and a huge sack of Prescott by Josh Sweat and Dallas comes up short, falls to five and three on the year. Eagles are now eight and one. Down in Houston, meanwhile, a performance for the ages for the Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. He threw for an all-time rookie record 470 yards, five touchdowns, to lead Houston to a wild 39-37 win over Tampa Bay. Stroud's fifth touchdown pass of the day was to Tank Dell, came with six seconds left to play and capped off a six-play, 75-yard game-winning drive over the game's final 40 seconds. Incredible. Also yesterday, good one in Germany where the Chiefs roared out to a 21-0 lead over the Dolphins, then held on for a 21-14 win. They improved to 7-2. Baltimore in the AFC, also 7-2. They wallop Seattle 37-3 in Bmore yesterday. And on Sunday Night Football last night, Joe Burrow and the Bengals won their fourth straight game. They held off Buffalo 24-18 in a good one. Week 9 will wrap up tonight with the Chargers and Jets on Monday Night Football. NBA, Dallas Mavericks improved to 5-1 on the young season. They beat Charlotte 124-118 yesterday. Spurs drop a tough one in overtime to Toronto 123-116 last night. Victor Wembanyama scored 20 in the loss. And speaking of hoops, Rodney Terry and his new-look Longhorns 
will tip off their regular season. First game of the year tonight, Moody Center hosting Incarnate Word. Horns are ranked 18th in the preseason polls. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock tonight. You can see it on Lawhorn Network. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Gobble up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Uh, the Texas defense, or the Texas defense overall, but specifically the Texas rush defense, probably had one of the most impressive performances we've seen in recent history, recent memory for Texas football. They held K-State to their lowest rushing total since 2014. Since 2014. I mean, K-State's a running football team. <laughs> I mean, they run the foot. They take a lot of pride in that. Um, I got to go look and see what was going on with K-State football around 2014, but uh, that's really impressive. They basically forced K-State to abandon the run game, and that was a top-five running, te- uh, running team in the country. I mean, they were an explosive rushing offense. They actually had these the, the most – 10-plus yard rushes going into that game, the most 10-plus yard rushes in the country, and the second most, uh, I believe, if you look at it, uh, they would think it was first among the Power Five, second in the country. But I was I was amazed, actually, that Texas was able to shut well, it down to that extent. It was. I mean, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Jalen Ford oh. and uh, all those guys. I mean, all they, hands on deck. Ethan all Bird, hand, Ethan, everybody I mean, was, setting the edge, <laughs> coming up and tackling. I mean, gosh, uh, that team, as you mentioned, you went through it all last week, how efficient and how explosive they were in their run game. They ended up, when you take the sack yardage away, with 33 net rushing yards. Um, 1.1 yard per carry. Now, obviously, there's the downside of that where Texas gave up, you know, a lot of air yards. Again, their secondary struggled, and uh, Will Howard got hot and brought uh, K-State back. But well, what a football game. It's one of those that uh, you're, you're fortunate to win it because you made a lot of uh, mistakes, right? Your own. Shouldn't you know, have been that close. Yeah, I mean, Shouldn't he, have been that close. Okay. Uh, and, your, and your young quarterback, Malik Murphy, which will be an ongoing conversation of when Quinn Ewers is able to get back. Because, you know, Rod, we, we went through this last year. Uh, when, when Malik Murphy had the scripted plays and, and came out with the plays they've been working on all week long, they went right down the field a couple times. Obviously, K-State was in a, as I heard you say it on the postgame show, an arrogant defense. They came out trying to go man-to-man and press-man coverage to the Longhorns. And, you know, Donnie Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy, that was no match, right? Yeah. And the speed of Texas was, was significant in their advantage early. Uh, but then when they were up seventeen uh, nothing, Rod, and they were moving, they looked like. I mean, I, we were doing the in-game watch, the watch along on on Texas football, and uh, you know, just uh, there had been an end around to Xavier Worthy. Or he came around, uh, you know, Sark was deep in his bag, as we like to say. He was really feeling it with the play calling. Exworthy came around right around midfield, and I think it was about a 26-yard explosive run. And you felt like, man, this, this K-State team is done. I mean, they are just – they were on their heels. Uh, the line had them on roller skates. And the next thing you know, Malik Murphy makes the first of his, his bad decisions. He, he forces a ball trying to get it to Jonte Cook into coverage down the field. It was never open, and it was interception. You know, he had been really good up to that point, really locked in. And from really from that point on, your quarterback got rattled. I mean, he made a bad throw, um, you know, took some more points off the board. Then your team had a block punt uh, that led to a quick touchdown right before the half. That's kind of like I mentioned the Houston game, Rod, where you know, the Houston game, you go for a fake field goal in control of the game. They get momentum. They get, they get points. And the next thing you know, you're in a, in, a, in, a, in a battle. Same thing happened here. They blocked that punt, which you know, Jeff Banks off uh, special teams has not made a lot of mistakes this year. That was certainly a big one. 
Uh, missed a blocking assignment. Punt gets blocked. Short field touchdown. So a game you had totally dominated is 17-7 to at the half. And you kind of felt even there, yeah, this is kind of on. But then you come out in the second half, and your, your defense forces two turnovers, including one at the five-yard line. You score a touchdown. You're again up 27-7. to And you're thinking, all right, we got this game. Well, then you go to turning the ball over again. A, a Malik Murphy pass you can't throw on a screen pass that uh, was never really there. And uh, short field touchdown. Then a Jonathan Brooks fumble. Short field touchdown. Now you're in a dogfight. And the Longhorns found a way to win the dogfight. Yeah. I think the, the last part was probably the most important part. They found a way to win a dogfight. You're going to end up in them, especially with a backup quarterback, guys. This is the reality of it. All right. It's going to be ugly with a backup quarterback. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of Lohan fans early in the season thinking Malik was better than Quinn. I think we've silenced that conversation. Can we just shut that down for now? He's, He's a, a freshman young quarterback. quarterback exactly. He's a young quarterback, just like a young Quinn. Looked like uh, That's why y'all even started having that conversation. Y'all saw a young Quinn and went, man. He's really inconsistent because young quarterbacks are, <laughs> right? They don't have the recall. They don't have the experience. They don't have the baseline of performance, and that's what you're getting, right? You get the wild plays, and you get the what the plays. And the, I guess the problem now with Longwood fans is, with, with Malik, is they're still getting more of the what the plays or just as many what the plays as they are wild plays. Yeah. And that's just the reality of a young quarterback. Now, when he gets a baseline of performance, you'll get more of the wild plays, and that's what they want. But the truth is – and, and I'll say this about Sark. Sark, he is a quarterback, and I think he vicariously, he, this is what helps him recruit great quarterbacks, he calls plays as if he was the quarterback, which is why he calls pass plays with a backup quarterback, even when he's got a good running game. You guys are saying, well, you're averaging oh, damn near eight yards per carry. Why don't you just run the football more? And Sark, that's not in Sark's nature. I, no. I, I do. I, I compare it to the scorpion and the frog, right? There's an old fable about the scorpion and the frog that they're standing by the side of a pond, and the scorpion says to the frog, like, hey, man, uh, you know what? Can you help me you know, get across this pond? And the, the frog says to him, no, man, because – you're, you're going to sting me, right? Once we get in there, you're going to sting me. And then, you know, hey, we're both going to die. And then the, and the scorpion says, man, that's stupid. Because th- why would I do that? Then we're both going to die. Yeah. That, w- that wouldn't make any sense at all. And the scorpion, he convinces the frog, hey, man, you know what? Let me ride your back across the pond. And then we'll both get across. It'll be fine. And then while they're in the middle of the pond, the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog says to him, what the hell, man? Now we're both going to die. And he says, hey, man, it's in my nature. And it is in Sark's nature. Y'all can say what y'all want, but this man likes to throw the football. He's going to pass to open up the run. He always has, and I think he always will. I think we just got to get accustomed to that. There are just certain things that are in his nature, Uh, aggressive nature on fourth down, not taking the points, that type of stuff. That is just kind of in Sark's nature. It has been since he's gotten here. Yeah, it is. Now, uh... you could argue that there are certain times in the game where he needs to manage that better. Yes. Um, And I think that's probably the the next struggle for him is that, hey, man, sometimes being being a head coach is different than being an offensive play caller. Don't get caught up in the moment. Let's start thinking about the overall, the big picture here. And I think sometimes he loses track of the big picture because he starts thinking about, ooh, man, they're in man coverage. I'm about to throw this rock. And I will admit, they did give him a lot of man coverage, bump and run man coverage. And if Malik makes that throw where they had the pass, well, it should have been a pass interference call, then, hell, man, the game might never be close. It might, yeah. not ever, it might blow wide open and never be close, but he didn't. And then that's kind of where it all started because he got behind the chains. Yes. And then that's why they were throwing the ball deep down the field. They, but Sark was going to throw it anyway. And you, got, you can't get mad at him for throwing the football because you don't get that lead without, without throwing the football. The football. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the Taking advantage the of the man coverage. Yeah, it's it is. the curse, man. And I will say where credit, where credit is due, look, when the Longhorns were in full meltdown mode, and they were, right, they gave up oh, a yeah. 27-7 lead in yeah. about 10 plays, it felt mm-hmm. like. 
Um, you know, the last play of the third quarter was a touchdown because, I mean, K-State had not mounted anything, any any real drive no. to that point of the game. It's the last part of the third quarter. The only touchdown they had was that, you know, short field touchdown after the punt block. Um, you know, the, 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 and they had moved the ball down the field. Will Howard was kind of getting in a rhythm. And on the last play of the third quarter, uh, a, a pass out to Brooks where two guys missed the tackle. Michael Taff and Ryan Watts both missed a tackle. Because I was watching it, wondering if they were going to get the playoff. Because the third, the, the clock was running down at the end of the quarter, and it looked like they were were going to go to the end of the quarter. And he gets the playoff, hits Philip Brooks, and it's a play the Longhorns have to at least force you know them to score in the red zone. And two missed tackles, couldn't even use the out of bounds. And you're like, oh man, that was kind of a sloppy play and a sloppy way to end the quarter. So they get a touchdown on the board. It's 27-14, and we know what happened. You come out and uh, Malik throws the interception early in the fourth. That leads to a quick touchdown. Then Jonathan Brooks fumbles with extra effort, and that leads to a touchdown. And now again, you're in a dogfight. And I'll give this credit: this team did not buckle. Uh, they they it looked like a, this is a meltdown that's happening. We've seen it before. <laughs> with this Texas program and certainly of recent of recent vintage and I thought that the drive when they went when it was 27 all and they went on a 12 play drive that ended up with a field goal I thought that was some some pretty good football right there uh, Malik Murphy struggling but he completed a couple of passes found a Donnie Mitchell a couple of times it didn't end in the touchdown but it ended with a field goal so you took the lead 27 to 23 or 27 to 30 to 27 with 603 to go we know how the game went from there right you end up in overtime because K-State misses the field goal mm. Then they come back down and kick the field, go to OT. I'll still never understand Chris Kleiman going for it on the two, you know, on fourth down. You have a team in Texas who's not good in the red zone. You're really good in the red zone, and now you're down to a red zone game because you're playing overtime. And he decides to go for it, and this is where you started this conversation, Rod, here on Hook 'Em Up on a Monday, talking about the defense to get four stops from the five yard line, their three yard line, whatever it was, stuff the run, stuff the quarterback run. And then on the fourth down play, the now fateful fourth down play, which we will tell you coming up as our Viking fence defensive play of the game, maybe the play of the season, uh, they were going to run a little quick right, uh, you know, roll right and hit Sinat, or Sinat, the, uh, the H-back. Tight end, yeah. And I thought it was uh, Ryan Watts became the hero there, right? He was in coverage. Looked like he was in man coverage on a receiver who went on a slant route, but he dropped off and followed Sinat out and played a little zone which took away the, the probably the first primary option. That's when Will Howard hesitated. That's when the pressure got to him, and the Longhorns get the big stop and uh, one of the bigger defensive efforts we've seen, those four stops from inside the five-yard line to win a ball game. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was impressive because their second game-winning goal line stand of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Houston. That's, that, <laughs> that, I don't even know if, the, if we've been able to say that about a Texas defense in a long time. I mean, not, we have some really good defenses, but that is really, really unique. And what I loved about Ryan Watts, and I've been talking about how Ryan Watts loves to play. He'll play any type of coverage from press. I mean, they, from that boundary, they, they give him – it seems like they give him that freedom because I've seen him do that before. Like, he'll play – now, this is the thing about – this is why I love the play that Ryan Watts made that essentially, like, you don't necessarily – he didn't get a stand. At. <laughs> All right, but if you were watching the play, you understood he made the play, and even Will Howard gave him props and said, well, I assumed it was going to be man coverage, and it wasn't man coverage. The indicator was, well, he was pressed. If he's pressed, oh, man, it must be man coverage. It wasn't – it was pressed, but he still, uh, from a press alignment, was tangoing with the other DB, playing the outside cut while the other guy took the inside cut. Ryan Watts didn't have a great game. 
No. Right. Ryan Watts gave up that, that, that sloppy touchdown that you just described, right, uh, on the sideline there. He also gave up that deep ball. Over the top. Uh, over the top when he was in press coverage. And press man. So he didn't have a great game, but to bounce back in late in the game and to be assignment sound. All right. Think about it. That's, that's a very similar concept to what got Texas beat in the Oklahoma game. Yes. Right. To be that assignment sound. And I talked about how this team also has struggled, you know, in situations like the two-minute drill defense where it's very chaotic and it's a crisis mode situation. Uh, this team, as even, they didn't panic. And that's why I lo- I, this team is flawed. They are certainly flawed. I mean, we <laughs> go through a checklist, all right, of how they're flawed. And usually most of the week we do, um, but we do have to celebrate that they have, a, they have an outstanding football character. And they have a, you know, really a, a ton of football grit and testicular fortitude. <laughs> and so I think that's what we celebrate because they're not perfect, but they find ways to win these games. And we all remember this is when they, they lose those games in, in the past, especially the teams like K-State that are tough. But this is a tough team. This is a team with high football IQ. And, yeah, they don't play perfect football. And we know the recipe or the formula to try to beat Texas and expose the Texas defense. But I love what um, Byron Murphy said after the game when, when they asked him, you know, what's the message? We'll play the audio. Like, what's the message that you guys were sending today? And he's like, you don't run the ball on Texas. No. No, man, you're going to beat us. You ain't going to beat us running the ball. And, and think about the teams that have tried to beat them. It ain't really – even if Oklahoma no had a run game, it was a non-traditional run game, right? It was a quarterback running, quarterback draws. You ain't just going to line up and run the ball on Texas. That's a physical attitude. That's a physical statement. Which, saying, you bet you're going to beat us. You better beat us with some finesse football, and you better throw the football. And if you do – you, you better get the ball out of your hands real quick because we're coming for you. It's, I, I love the attitude for the defense. Like I said, they're flawed, but I think – Well, they, and I, I think the team overall, especially until they get Quinn Ewers back, is flawed, right? They're not a great team. Great teams end games. They end drives. They blow people out, right? They, they dominate. Texas is not great. They're, they're a gritty they're, team. They're gritty. They're, they're a work in progress still, right? They're, they're trying to get to become a great program and a great team, but this one right now is just – they're really, really good. But, yes, they're, they're, they're fundamentally flawed in some places, but they're finding ways to win and you mentioned they're not going to run the ball well look if they take care of their business the next three weeks against teams they're going to be heavily favored over they're going to play Oklahoma State most likely in the Big 12 championship game what do they do they run the ball Ollie Gordon is uh moving towards the Doak Walker award the way he's playing that's the guy you got to stop to beat Oklahoma State so you feel pretty good about that but you got to handle your business in the right now uh we'll talk more about that we'll hear that Byron Murphy sound coming up in behind the burnt orange curtain as we talk Texas football all morning here on hook em up Longhorns sitting number seven in the country tied with Oak State Atop the Big 12 with three to play. Also, we'll talk about the Cowboys and Eagles yesterday. Who wanted to self-destruct more? Turned out to be the Cowboys. Who wanted to self-destruct more yesterday? Uh, we'll talk about the, the heavyweight matchups in the NFL and a great Saturday of college football. Man, it was wall-to-wall from the Longhorn game on. Hard to pick a game that didn't uh, come down to the wire. But, Rod, tell them about uh, my bookie, and then we'll get back to some college football chatter. Uh, no doubt, of course, if you are placing a bet of any kind, and a lot of you out there may be placing some bets, nothing wrong with that. You want to place it with my friend over at my bookie uh, they do a great job of course because they give you the most bang for your buck and that's what i'm all about getting the most bang for your buck so when your money's on the line put it on the line with my bookie a trusted sports book that gives you tools all the tools you need to win and win big at my bookie it doesn't matter if your team is up or down you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side use my bookie for daily odds boost same game parlays and take advantage of huge prize pool contests every single sack fumble and touchdown is another chance 
chance at a big payday. To get started, it's really easy. Go to mybookie.ag right now and register for an account. Absolutely free. Free 99. Best price you can get. And when you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, to grab a welcome bonus on the house. Once again, that's that free 99 we're talking about. The promo code is HORN. To claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Uh, right now, it's the perfect time, so use the promo code HORN, H-O-R-N, and try the money bag, the MyBookie money bag, to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Have you ever heard of 38,000 plus odds on the 49ers and the Chiefs? You won't find odds like that anywhere else other than MyBookie. So go check it out. You can bet anything, anytime, and anywhere only at MyBookie. All right, my bookie, uh, good stuff right there. Rod will come back with Burn Orange Curtain. Also, this Cowboys game, uh, Eagles kind of remind you of the Cowboys, right? I mean, they they're now eight and one, and they sit atop the division, hit into their bye week. They by were were no means great yesterday, but they they found a way to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I know that's frustrating for Cowboys fans because. Every opportunity was there. I mean, the Eagles were keystone copping this thing down the stretch. And, um, you know, penalties, the, the Longhorn. I mean, the Cowboys moved the down, ball down the field in that final drive. Gosh, 50, 60 yards of penalties, won a big pass interference call, a roughing the passer call was called, or a personal foul. Uh, and the Cowboys all of a sudden are sitting at first and goal at the six with plenty of time, Rod. Plenty of time. I mean, first and goal at the six-yard mm-hmm. line, you're thinking, oh, gosh. I mean, you got 27 seconds left. I mean, you can take multiple shots at the yeah. end zone. Problem is, though, you have no running game. Yeah, that's the and problem. they don't even try to establish is, a run. You, you were like, you're like, you're like K State, but all season long. K State that game where you abandoned the running game. They basically have no running game, and they, you know, it was good to abandon it because you had big Dak energy to rely on, and so that was good. But yeah, man, they they got to figure out the running game. Well, they, the passing game. Remember, we talked about that, and I brought it up multiple multiple times last week. I'm not saying they fixed it, but they've definitely found oh, some man. remedies. They found yeah, some C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, these guys would yeah. be great. They man, found Michael. a way to rectify their issues, but the running game, they got to fix it, man. they got to do something. Well, but it's like they, they don't do even something. try, Rod. I mean, they don't even try. Well, because uh, it doesn't work. Well, I, What's the point in trying if it doesn't work? That's that, You it, wouldn't it, be in that game if you had been stubborn about the running game. It's so bad. You know, it feels like whenever when I'm watching the Cowboys – their 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 offensive line's always back on its heels. They're never in a come off the ball power stance. That's fair. It's always pass. I mean, you can almost almost give it away. It's like guys, you got big dudes. You got Zach Martin up there. Why don't you come up like the Eagles do and who lean into their run game? I don't think the I mean the Eagles' offensive line is better than the Cowboys. It's not that much better, but the Cowboys are always in pass pro. They're always in drop back mode, and it's like Tony Pollard doesn't even play on the team at this point. I mean they they hand on the ball t- sparingly. And certainly when they get inside the red zone, they didn't even try. The Cowboys had been down there with six minutes to play in the five-point game. Dak Prescott stepped out of bounds a half a yard too soon. And then they got back down there, and they went penalty, sack, penalty, you know, you know, completed to CeeDee Lamb, but comes up short. Yeah. That's just – and you're right. They don't even try to run the football. I think they know how bad they are at it. And, and they, maybe that's it. And they don't want to be behind the chains constantly, and they just trust Dak – and the kind of the short passing game, some of that to be kind of an extension of the running game. But that's why they're so bad in the red zone. And that's what's holding back the offense ultimately. Um, but, hey, tried to tell y'all, give it to CeeDee Lamb more. If you just get it. I told you all the analytics said CeeDee Lamb was playing like one of the – like an all-pro at an all-pro level. All you had to do was keep feeding him. And the last two weeks, they've been feeding him. And they've been, been bowling. 
He's been great. <laughs> he has been great. He's been balling. All right, so we'll take the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. The Saturday games were tremendous. The Sunday games, heavyweight matchups, and uh, really good stuff in the National Football League. Separation Saturday in, in the Big 12. Uh, we'll get to all of it or as much of it as we can. We have five hours, so lock it in. We'll get uh, some what the facts for the end of the hour. Also, Rod takes us behind the BOC here from some of the Texas players. Standout on defense. Big plays late. Longhorns win at 33-30 in overtime. We're coming back. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, appreciate everybody that's weighing in on the text line. It's your avenue to have your voice heard. You're on Hook 'em Up. It is 447 3776 512, of course, here in the 512. Like I said, at one point, uh, K-State had three touchdowns and four plays. That's true. That's true. That is yeah. absolutely true. Well, that's why turnovers are the most unforgivable sin of the foot, for football gods. They'll, that they hurt you in so many ways. There's such a, ca- a negative cascading effect, a negative domino effect to having turnovers. Just think about it. Even if you include, like, the punt blocks. That's basically kind of a – That's a turnover. That's a turnover. I mean, it doesn't – I don't think it counts in the stats as a turnover, but you're a football guy, you know, uh, or gal. Uh, that's a turnover. <laughs> and so, Well, yeah. especially it's a team that can't move the ball. And exactly. all of a sudden you're giving them a short field. Oh, yeah. So that's And putting why, your defense yeah. in sudden change. I yeah. mean, right before the half, when, as you've documented, <laughs> they're not good in two-minute drill. And now you're giving them a short field in two-minute drill. Uh, oh, yeah. They gave, they gave it up then, too, didn't they? Well, again, very similar again, to the Houston yeah, game. Yeah. Very similar to the Houston game. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, in that, you know, you had to survive. But, you know, look, this team won the game. That's what matters, uh, man. It is what matters. That's what matters. Um, this is, guys, uh, Jameson wanted to know, why doesn't Texas play against Oklahoma State? Well, there's 14 teams in the league this year. Well, so. you will, the way it's looking now. Well, it looks like it, right? <laughs> well, I mean, not in the regular year, right? This was one of the, the teams. Season, yeah, just, you know, when you had to go to, when you go from hey, 10 teams to 14 teams, you're, hey, and you're. If you're in attention to Texas football, you don't want to play Mike Gundy. Longhorn fans are happy about that. They're happy about missing Mike Gundy. Ain't nothing wrong with missing Mike Gundy every now and then. We're good on that. You yeah. might have to face him at the end of the year in the Big 12 title game, but if you can avoid Mike Gundy, that's pretty good. He's uh, one of them. He is one of them. Uh, <laughs> and he's a really good coach. And yeah. that game that, that game came with a little bit of everything, much like the Texas K-State game. It was 27-24 final. Uh, there was, it was bedlam. I mean, there were – It was bedlam. I know, I know the Norman side of it in Oklahoma, they're, they're howling about the officials and the, the no call on Drake Stoops. It, 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 was was it, was was <laughs> it was egregious. It was egregious. It was egregious. It was egregious. It was – but so was the, the Xavier, Xavier Worthy one too. Oh, but the X-Men got, got held was, several times. That was, yeah, man, that was crazy. I cannot yeah. believe – I'm a DB, guys, so I usually side with the DB just so you know. No matter who's passing about interference in the end zone. Wow, that on Drake was Stoops. I mean, and it was a game situation without a doubt. There's a big 15 yard penalty on. Uh, so I, you know now, game, game on the line. If you're a DB, grab. Game on the line. You gotta. You got You can. You can grab. Don't they, get beat. Grab. You know what I mean? Just kind of grab. Make them call it. Le- make them call it. If the game's on the line, you know right now they're kind of letting it go. It seems that way anyway. This says uh, Terrence. Certainly didn't come to play for the Cowboys. I said, yeah, Terrence Steele, your right tackle, got abused last night, whether it was Hassan Reddick or J- Sweat. Or they picked on. They picked on him bad. Yeah. Uh, but, again, if you're, you know, the Cow- if, you're, if you're unwilling to even try to establish a run game, I, I don't disagree with you, Robin. You say they just know they're bad. That makes it really hard. on Especially gets a pass rush like that when they don't have any semblance of a run game to, to worry anybody. And, again, if I can see it from the TV where they're, they're kind of leaning back on every play, like they're not in a power set, that, and they often, the defensive line knows that too. And retreat mode. Yeah, they're in retreat mode. They're yeah. trying to catch people, not pound people. Yeah. Because uh, it says, I was yelling, what happened to McCarthy? We're going to run the ball. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a bunch of BS. I think now, you know, I always say life in football 
um, are constant struggles deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. I think he wanted to be a running team, but no, you need to just be a team that can throw the football because you're just not good at running I'll the football I'll say this right to now. Jerry Jones. You don't think you would have been better off in that game yesterday had you whatever did, did whatever you had to do to get Derrick Henry onto your team and be able to run the football with that yes, guy down inside the five-yard line okay. over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, if you watch Derrick Henry last uh, – Thursday night against the Steelers. That guy could still plug it, man. That guy is exactly what you need but right we now. All, this, is, this is the problem with the Cowboys. Hope is all too often a strategy for them when it comes to certain positions and right in certain roster construction. We all knew the running back position was going to be an issue for the Cowboys going into the season. Everybody said it. It was. I was like. It was like, man, they need to draft a running back. They did. They drafted Deuce Vaughn, but they drafted way too late. They should have. They, they should have been drafting where the Cowboys drafted Rojo somewhere around there. And they didn't. And then we talked about in free agency. Hey, go address it. What about a guy like Deontay Foreman? Hell, both of them ended up on the damn Bears. Right? Go after Deontay Foreman. Go after a cheap solution at running back they didn't do that and then we said before the, the, the trade deadline all right cowboys for trade deadline hey running backs definitely went on positions man go get somewhere somebody cheaps whatever some team has a you know in luxury of uh you know of too many damn running backs on the roster just go there and you know throw out a draft pick they didn't do it, it they're just hoping that tony pollard's gonna be back to his old self after that injury and they were wrong well, they don't I even give it to him. So, it, I mean, it, 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 I don't know. They, I think it, they realized how wrong they were, and he's not a bell call running back. And what are you going to do, uh, bench your franchise tag running back for Rico Dowdle? Look, he, he, had, he, he had 12 carries. I mean, Dak threw it 45 times. If you tell me that going into the game against that pass rush, it's a recipe to lose. Yes, and it was. And, of course, it was frustrating because, you know, uh, Shoemaker comes up an inch short on a touchdown. Oh, Dak man. comes up a half of I me, mean, steps out of bounds, a pinky toe out of bounds. Uh, on the t- yeah, I mean, just, just, mm. just really tough stuff. But at the same time, you know, you, your, your, your bell cow running back gets the ball 12 times, uh, and you throw it 50? Because he's not a bell cow. I don't know. Because he's not a bell cow. And, they, and they, you're telling, well, that's, that, that's, that's a fatal flaw. Then that's a fatal flaw for the Cowboys. And now the Eagles are sitting at 8-1, and one, control the division. Cowboys are 5-3. and three. Eagles into their bye week to try to get Jalen Hurts as healthy as possible. Uh, speaking of health and quarterbacks, we're from, uh, from Sark today on the, uh, the Quinn Ewer situation. You know, he's been listed as week to week. We'll get the latest from, uh, from Sark today. Longhorns will play TCU Sunday. Or excuse me, Saturday at 6.30. Uh, the final matchup with the Horn Frogs, maybe ever. Coming up Saturday night uh, in Fort Worth, 6.30 kick. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, welcome back. Let's get into some Texas football discussion. Uh, before we... Um, talk about the Texas defense, and we're going to hear from Byron Murphy. Uh, Corey Mose, who does a great job for KVU, um, and actually, I believe my man Chip Brown was the one asking the question, but he's the <laughs> he's the one that put out the audio uh, via Twitter of Byron Murphy and them asking him, essentially, what was the message that Texas defense was trying to send in that game? Uh, here's the stat that just blew me away when I saw it, and shout out to Hook'em Headlines, because they're the, ones I, the first ones I saw with it. I mean, I went back and looked at it, and turns out, yeah, no, it's true. The uh, the Texas defense held the K-State Wildcats to the fewest rushing yards since 2014. K-State. Uh, that is a mind-blowing stat for somebody who, you know, played 
K-State teams, and <laughs> they're a hard team to stop from running the football because they're a hard-nosed, blue-collar, physical football team. you got to be more physical than K-State. Texas was more physical than K-State when you look at that, the way the Texas defense matched up against that offense. And that was a top-five rushing offense that decided to abandon the running game at one point and just totally going to empty formations and start throwing the football. Um, even Avery Johnson, who was the kind of added element in the run game for them, the other dual-threat quarterback. I saw him, I think, one drive. Was it more than one drive? I think yeah, it was one drive. Yeah, he was in there a couple times in the first yeah, half. But they, 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 they abandoned that because he, he doesn't throw very well. Yeah, well, how was their best throwing? Well, Texas was just overwhelming them up front. I mean, it was a, Bo Davis's group, the linebackers, Jalen Ford. It was a clinic in, in playing – you know, in the box defense against a team that wants to punch you in the mouth, they punch them square in the jaw. I, I knew the Texas rush defense was good. I didn't realize they were that could be that dominant. So, yeah, man. Uh, here is the uh, the sound. Shout out to my man uh, Corey Mose, who uh, at KVU does a great job. Uh, but I believe it's Chip Brown who asked a question. Here is Byron Murphy uh, when he's asked about the message the defense was trying to send to the nation. What kind of message did you all send in not allowing the top rushing offense to run for anything today? Well, the, the message we sent was that we will not, we'll not allow you to run the ball on this, and we, we don't care who you is. We're going to strap up and going to play. You want, hey, you know what? I love it. I love the attitude. I mean, you have to have an identity, which is something that you do as well, if not better than everybody else. The identity of the Texas defense is they take away the run. They choke the life out of your run game. And it's still frustrating yeah. that they can still get beat with the pass, even though they make teams one-dimensional. But, but that's, that's, yeah. that's I mean, a work in progress. Well, you can't, the thing is, it's football, guys. You can't take everything away. Right. You can't. It's just it's football. I know if you were the 85 Bears, you can. 2,000 Ravens can do it. <laughs> I mean, there are not a lot of teams that can take everything away. And well, this year's Ravens not down. bad either, by the way. Uh, this, yeah, <laughs> I got a stat about that, too, actually, for our uh, – <laughs> we get to what the facts. Um, but, yeah, you can't take everything away. As a defensive coordinator, you want to – try to take away their strength if you can take away a team's strength that's ideal but for texas at least you know how to build your game plan and your identity is all right we know we can stop their run and then you can start you know constructing the game plan to really build in fail safes for your weaknesses and we know what the weakness of the texas defense is if you're a pass first and when when k-state became a pass first team they made some plays, and honestly, when we had, I had to, we had the conversation, and my theory was, if, you know, to win games, you got to break tendency. And I wondered if they come into the game deciding, you know what, let's just throw it, let's just throw it, let's go. And you, you could argue it probably would have been a better strategy. Not probably, it would have been a better strategy than what they did, well, which was pound their face up against that brick wall. Yeah, if K State had come in with a pass first mindset and then not played that man to man defense against the Longhorn receivers to start the game. Yeah. They very well might have won this game. Exactly. Uh, but they didn't, and the Longhorns took advantage of it. They got points on the board early, got Malik Murphy in a groove against easy read man coverage. And just, you know, Donnie Mitchell just outran DBs. And uh, he threw it up, and they went and got it. Uh, but they went away from that. And, again, the, the first interception really led to a spiral for Malik. But the defense – Really never gave in. I mean, there were there were. It they was were frustrating put, they that were after the compromising positions too. Yeah, short fields, short fields. That was it was tough on them. Well, then you were in overtime. Thing, oh, that's not good. I mean, this is all short field, and the Longhorns aren't good on a short field. 
Uh, offensively, they're you know. No, yeah, yeah they're bad. <laughs> they're bad on the short. That's crazy to say. When you said it, I had to let it register. It's like you're right. They're bad in the short field. How is that they are? They're bad on the short field, which is why overtime. Going back to the climbing decision, I I on my way to the car asked ten different K State fans. All right, I took an unofficial poll. All right, you know, hey, because me and Bobby, we did the uh, the post Schultz Garden, game at yeah. Schultz Garden. So I I took a little. I saw every K State fan. I saw. I was like, went over and asked them. All right, what do you think of that Chris Climbing decision? All of them, all of them disagreed with it. They all were like, it was a terrible decision. We don't understand why he did it. I think you extend the game as long as you can against Texas in their red zone offense, which yeah. was 120th in the country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of touchdown and, and, percentage. And your, your team has shown the ability, as good as the Texas defense is, to score on the short field against them because they gave you the short field after the punt block. They gave you the short field after the two turnovers. It was crazy. You were able to score pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll uh, and it on the first play, he gets loose for 19 yards on the you know the, the, their and first that drive was a, of that was a, that was And that was a busted coverage. It was a busted coverage. I can tell you right now, it was, um, I believe it was Malik Muhammad and David Benda. Because they don't, uh, one of those, I believe it's that one where they, it, it's been to there and he just, he, he basically doesn't take the inside cut. It was a nicely drawn up route though, but it was a nicely drawn up route. But I think they were, they were attacking Bender on that I one. just think at that point, and it, look, Clement said he never thought twice about it. He said, if we have a chance it, to get a win, let's get out of here. Now he, it, it, yeah, but it was, it was, it was, I think you got was, on the plane and thought, damn. It was a bad decision. You extend that game. <laughs> you extend that game. You extend that game. Because Texas was melting down. So you always, well, gonna, he also gonna maybe didn't, that. he also, <laughs> Doesn't maybe doesn't trust his kicker all that much after he shanked the one. That's very uh, true. And thought, right. well, I can't just rely. I mean, he made well, the one that was important to well, get it overtime, but he missed the remember, one. And they had a bot snap. They, they had the one on the point, where on the extra he point. kicked the guy on the shoulder or whatever. Yeah, on the extra point. So he might have been, you know, insecure about his special teams. But anyway, well, hey, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yo, bad coaching me. Sark outcoached him again. That's three times where he's outcoached uh, Chris Kleiman, who's a damn good coach. Well, let me throw this out there, too, to give the defense some props. I've been complaining all season long about – PK's decision to take Jade Barron off the field <laughs> um, when he's facing power, when uh, Texas faces power personnel packages, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, because he'll take him off the field when they have 40 personnel out there, which is four DBs, and because he, he plays nickel. And usually that nickel was always lined up in the field, and they take him off the field. But instead of taking him off the field, my argument was he's your second third best defensive player behind Tavondre Sweat and you know, maybe Jalen Ford, why would you ever take him off the field when he's such an impact player, especially when some of your guys in your secondary, nothing against them, they're good, but they're, they're liabilities in coverage. You put him at safety or you put him at corner, shout out to PK, in overtime, they put him at corner. Jaday Barron was on every snap. And by the way, it, it, and I don't know, and it, during the game, they didn't do it. During the game, I was ready. To, I put in my notes. I was ready to come in and complain. I talked about it on in-game live broadcast that PK Steele, and they actually, even on the interception by Taft, that was one of the plays where they took Jade Barron off the field. Texas is making plays still without him on the field, but it just doesn't make sense to take your best player and your most, one of your most versatile defenders off the field when he can play corner, he can play safety. So I'll give PK a ton of credit. He finally did it in overtime hey, evolution, you got to evolve. I don't care when you make those good coaching decisions, but I just care that he made him. And maybe he was saving it. Maybe he just didn't want to show it to the right time. 
Or maybe he just figured at that time, hey, man, my defense, I need my best players on the field, and I can't take him off the field. So either way, give PK credit. For the last five plays in overtime, they had Jade Barron at corner in 40%. Love it. Uh, all right, good stuff with Behind the Burn Orange Curtain all morning. We'll hear from Sark coming up. We'll also have our Viking fence defensive play and player of the game. I think you probably guessed the play. Um, it was the biggest play of the season so far on mm-hmm. defense for the Longhorns. Uh, we'll also get some what the facts, including C.J. Uh, Stroud, the Houston Texans young quarterback, uh, didn't just have a game for the ages. He's having a rookie season for the ages uh, down in Houston. Texans fans with a lot of optimism after what they've seen for the first couple of months of the football season. Another what the facts coming as we roll on on a Monday. Good, bad, and ugly with Hook em Up with Ian Rod. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time for What the Facts. I don't know if this is a fact or an opinion, but uh, Saturday's day of football was about as good as I can remember, Rod. Sunday's was pretty damn good, too. Sunday. Well, Sunday there was a lot of real good and then the real bad because you had a bunch of rookie quarterbacks starting. And uh, well, the ones I watched were pretty good. When the games, I the, watched the good games. Yeah, the, I, the four good watch, games were really good. I watched the good games. I didn't watch all that other stuff. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched Brett Rippin. Oh, yes, Rippin. right, because you have, like, all the screens. Yeah. You I watched TV. Brett Rippin, and I watched. Oh, see? I told you. Bad. You consuming too much. You need to just But I certainly, I certainly took in. The, uh, the game in Germany with the uh, Dolphins and, and uh, oh early morning and, football and Chiefs, which was good. That was fantastic. After the too. fall back, I got an extra hour of sleep. Then I get to watch football in the morning. Texans which was game good. ended up being good. Texas, Texas with a dramatic win. Come back there. Well, let me just game say, Rod, drive, we can go. We can go over the facts. We talk about the Cowboys self-destructing, the Eagles self-destructing, but the Cowboys self-destructed more, <laughs> and they end up losing that game. The Eagles win at twenty-eight twenty-three. Uh, but earlier in the day, down in Houston, I don't know. One of the as a Texans fan. You, know, you, you, you temper your excitement, but, man, this kid is really, really good. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud not only had a game for the ages yesterday with five touchdown passes, no interceptions, 470 yards, three different receivers over 120 yards receiving, just shredding a pretty decent Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yeah. Um, without a run game, yes. without a run game Second again. There is the strength of the Bucks. Defense. Yeah, they're, 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 the, the Bucks don't stop the run very well, and Houston still couldn't run it. Yet Stroud, uh, Stroud just then they don't have a kicker. Right, the kicker, Amy Fairbairn gets hurt uh, early amazing. in the game, so then I have no kicker. So they're not able to kick extra points. Went for two every time. Uh, they bring out running back out there to be their kicker, who made a, made a field goal, which was big. But they end up winning this game. And it's kind of breathtaking, Rod, to watch this guy just shred an NFL defense over and over and over again. And then you look up and realize he, he's having the best rookie season of all time. It is. And that's true. a fact. Yep. Through eight games, he's thrown for 2,270 yards, 14 touchdowns, one pick, and it, a, a passer rating of 103. He's already in the Hall of Fame. I'm not making that up. His, uh, his football, is that, that he set the record for the most pass attempts to start a career without interception, is already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> he's already got he already got an yeah, item in there. It's unbelievable. And it's appropriate. <laughs> well, when he's doing it without a run game uh, uh, to speak of. Mass unit on the O-line. Don't forget that. And then, you know, kind of a cast of, you know, Tank Dell, the rookie out of Houston, has been amazing. Uh, by the way, handpicked by him. Hand-picked. Remember, he, he told the Texas organization, hey, I like this, I like this kid, Tank Dell. Yeah, they worked out all offseason. Yeah. <laughs> like they met at the combine, and then they worked out together. That's so, why so he even picked the guy that's now like the well, ascending and, receiver. And Nico Collins has become a good player. Oh, man. Uh, the, the second year, third year man out of Michigan. Wow. Dalton crazy. Schultz has become a guy. And uh, Noah Brown, the former Cowboy, had a huge game yesterday. Yeah, he did. But look at this, Rod. I was looking for other quarterbacks who have come into this league in their rookie years. In his rookie year, Trevor Lawrence's passer rating was 71. 
Um, Andrew Luck is considered one of the best young quarterbacks. His passer rating is year in year one was 75. It's amazing. Um, uh, you know, Cam Newton, by many accounts, had the best rookie year of anybody, but because he, he had the was, running part of it. It was an amazing rookie. But his year. passer rating was uh, was uh, eighty four. Yeah, this guy's got a hundred and three passer rating. Man, as you've said, this he's playing as a top ten player it, at the right position. Now, he look, I mean, that's right now he's a top ten quarterback right now. Like, like he's uh, you take him over Dak, it, it, like right now. Like he, I'm sorry, that's. I and Dak's playing good. Dak is not, I'm a Dak fan. We just saw a big Dak energy last Dak, night. Dak's playing well. Dak's playing well, but. Yeah, uh, C.J. Stroud, ooh, he's he's the real deal. And for Texas fans who thought they were cursed because of the Deshaun Watson <laughs> situation, who looked at one point like he was a you know a top five, top ten quarterback, and then obviously we're not going to rehash that, but we know how that went. Um, it is great; it's very re- refreshing. And so since we're on what the facts, uh, how about this? The running back, uh, Unganbalo, uh, Bawale, Bawale. Uh, Unga Bawale. Unga Bawale, right? Remember, his, his sister Unga, Unga won the national championship with Notre Dame. Remember, yes. she hit that game-winning shot? Yes. Yeah, he played um, He played football with Wisconsin. He, he was the first because the, the kicker was hurt, so he had to, He was the backup emergency kicker, not a backup emergency kicker. He was the first non-kicker to make a field goal in a regular season game since uh, they, Wes Welker did it back in 2004, according to Field Yates. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what well, the facts. That doesn't happen Well, he played often. soccer. He was an all-around athlete. He was a soccer hey, player, track star, football it. player. He went to Wisconsin, uh, Ungbawale. And, yeah, he came out, and, you know, you know Kaimi Fairbairn never came back to the game. I mean, they don't win the game without him. Uh, no, he, he made a field goal. Made a real field goal. And he kicked one through the end zone on a kickoff. Uh, but in the end, it was all about C.J. Stroud because the Texans got the ball back with 40 seconds left, no timeouts, and had to go 75 yards, and they did it in six plays, and they almost made it look easy. Yeah. That's shame on the Buc- Buccaneers' defense, but at the same time, uh, he, no, he, he, made, amazing, he threw though. some dimes, man. I would say, like, he, you watched it, and I think people were more – it was more about how amazing he was and not how bad the defense was. Because that's like – that defense that, – the secondary is the strength of the Bucs' defense, and he just shredded them. He did. He's, he's, he did. He's, really he's, impressive. He's a real deal. Um, all right, I got a couple of more. Give it to me. What the it. facts? Uh, what the facts? How about this? Um, Jalen Hurts now 10-0 against teams with winning records since 2022. Um, best among all quarterbacks with five-plus such starts since 2022. He's also 12-1, including the playoffs, uh, with his lone loss versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl. The man's a winner. winner. He's been hurt, I think, a lot of that, actually. Dinged oh, up. That, that was really frustrating for the Cowboys because that, that game was there for them. Eagles did a lot to help them, and – uh, they couldn't couldn't take advantage of it. And, and, again, it goes back to no run game, and they really don't have one right now. Uh, Bengals have won six straight in home primetime games. That's the longest home primetime streak hey, since 1970. The Bengals. Don't sleep on the Bengals. Joe Burrow's They're healthy. Back. Joe Ooh, Burrow's healthy. They've won division, four in a row. That division now, you picked the Ravens. the Ravens. I picked the Bengals. But here's the point about the Ravens. You brought this up. The Ravens' defense was playing good, and I've talked about how good they've been. So here's a stack to put it into perspective for you. 2023 Baltimore Ravens defense is allowing a touchdown on just 8.7% of opposing drives, right? Since 2000, as far back as this, I guess, uh, data scientists could go, only one defense has been better, the 2000 Ravens. <laughs> well, if you were watching that game yesterday where they just pulverized the Seattle Seahawks, Ooh. much like they did the Detroit Lions two wow. weeks ago. It was ugly. Two weeks ago, they beat the Lions in the same similar fashion coming over from the NFC and the division leader. Uh, Tony Romo. 
made it sound like he thinks they might be the best and most complete team in pro football. Uh, they might be. The I, I, yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, they look I, good, I, man. You know, with Lamar Jackson and the new look offense with Todd Monken coming together, the defense is playing like you just said. And, you know, Chiefs and Dolphins, we saw them play in Munich. They're both good, but they're both flawed. They both got issues. Uh, and, you know, the Bengals, Bengals haven't played the Ravens yet. They will twice between now and the end of the year. Yep. Can't wait to see those games. It's, it's also a fact, and what the facts is, we get to the top of the hour, the Raiders really hated Josh McDaniel. Uh, he got fired, and they went out and defeated the Giants 30-6. to 30-6. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they man. really hated How him. How bad are the Giants? Well, How and now bad Daniel are Jones, these Giants? Now, now, well, they're into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes because oh. Daniel Jones suffered what they fear is a significant knee injury in that game yeah. and that loss. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that C.D. Lamb is the second player in Cowboys history with back-to-back 150-plus receiving yards games. It's Miles Austin, yeah. 2009. Hey, I remember that name. And it's official, Rod. The uh, USC Trojans have fired Alex Grinch. The love affair with Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch has finally come to an end. I mean, it's long overdue. Can we be honest here? I don't know how he lasted that long, considering how bad that defense has been. Yeah, I mean, considering all the great quarterbacks Lincoln Riley has coached, it's, it's sad that they, they, had, they hadn't fixed that defense this year. All you had to do was watch years. the uh, Cotton Bowl last year when they lost to Tulane and blew a huge lead. They gave up 136 points and three losses last year. And, and they brought, brought it back, it back yeah, brought to it back. continue to coach a defense that's last in almost everything. Almost everything. They give up 44 points a game in their losses. Think about that. Oh, 44 points a game. Uh, all right. We'll come back. We've are one hour down. We've got five, uh, four to go of our five-hour extravaganza on this Monday, recapping a roller coaster of a thrilling overtime win for the Longhorns. Uh, you know, never apologize for a W, Rod Babers. Never apologize for a W. Take it and move on. Yes, survive in advance, baby. Uh, three to go for the Longhorns. In at 8-1, number seven in the AP Top 25 this week. The new college football rankings will be out tomorrow. Sark will meet the media today. We'll be all over that. Rod's got a rant coming up. We're talking all things weekend. Football, plenty of it, safe to say. Good, bad, and ugly with you on Hook'em Up with E and Rodby.